When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are back. It is the first race of the season. And I'm trying to be energetic and happy that we have had Formula One racing back on our screens. And I am. I'm glad that we had a race. Not so glad that Charles Leclerc didn't finish the race. But we we will talk about that in a bit more detail later on. But Bahrain. Um, I mean, look, expectations were incredibly, I guess, low. And then Alonso peaks them. And then it went back down again after qualifying. And the race was a sizzler, I, I guess yeah. you can probably say, Tom Bellingham, co-founder. Yeah, it was it was a weird one. We were watching it on our, our watch along. Might be on Tommy on Twitch. I did that for you. There you go. You're, you're <laughs> learning. You're learning. I like it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was not the greatest race to say the least. And then we almost had like 20 laps of madness and chaos where all the action was condensed into, yeah, 15, 20 laps. And then that was it. So not the worst uh, race of all time, but maybe not not the banger we were hoping for to start the season. But there's still 22 to go. Now, before we get into any more, uh, we do our usual thing, which is uh, giving or sharing a five-star review that some of you lovely people drop on our podcast apps. Uh, and this five-star review comes in from Fiber, but like FYB3R from the Netherlands. And they say, two fans with the time to know more than most without the tainted opinions of insiders, focused on banter and enjoying the sport more than anything else. Great fun to listen to. Well, thank you very much, Fiber. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm not sure we know a huge amount more. Uh, I see a lot of people say we have no wheel knowledge, uh, but that's fine. I'm glad that you enjoy listening to us and we like being in your ears as much as we possibly can. Uh, Now, the structure of this post-race podcast is that we both choose a memorable moment. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad, but it's memorable all the same. And that probably gives (laughs) you a hint as to what I will be going into. But Tommy, we'll start with you. Let's start with some positivity, I guess. Um, Well, unless you're a Mercedes fan, but (laughs) it is Alonso's overtake on Hamilton. And generally just seeing those two going wheel to wheel again, I said again during the watch along that what we need to save this race is Alonso and Hamilton going wheel to wheel. And it was good. It was very good, actually. Um, that huge Incredible. swapper. Yeah, it was. The the huge swapper, swapper on that Alonso got in turn four and I thought they were going to collide. It was absolutely insane. But then the move, oh my days, that move was absolutely sensational and you know, we don't tend to see these days that a lot of passes out of DRS zones. It's quite rare nowadays because, you know, you can just pass in a DRS zone. I think we said when we were like, 
not there. You don't you don't pass there, especially in these new Formula One cars that are the size of a boat. And uh, he managed to make it stick, and it was just just epic seeing those two incredible legends of F1 going wheel to wheel again. You don't necessarily see a huge pace differential when it comes to the traction uh, out of corners, but that's really where we saw Hamilton struggling, which allowed Alonso to get a decent run and then overtake into the double left-hander downhill absolute chaos turn where you don't you don't see overtakes there. Like that was such an awesome move, and I just know. Fernando Alonso in his cockpit, pulling off a move like that <laughs> on Sir Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. It would have just tasted that ever bit sweeter for him. Of course, those two, they're not the best of friends. They've had jabs at each other over the over the years. In 2007, they had an incredibly um bitter, I would say, teammate rivalry. Yep. Um, but yeah, Fernando clearly utilizing his his extra grip his extra extra speed and also kind of embarrassing the mercedes in in some yeah. ways it has to be said and really i could not believe it i was absolutely stoked to see it fernando then obviously went on his on his way to to getting a podium and uh, hamilton unfortunately just didn't have anything else left in the locker he didn't and yeah you mentioned about him kind of embarrassing mercedes he obviously got uh yeeted at Turn four by Lance on on the first lap, which was was crazy, and then narrowly, narrowly yeeted, like yeeted, like yeah. a, a small yeet. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't. We all thought it was going to be a puncture when he started dropping back, but he dropped behind the Mercedes, and you thought, oh, this is a big anticlimax that Alonso is probably going to finish seventh there. But he carved his way through the field and through the Mercs, and obviously ended up getting past Sainz as well. It was uh, to get to get that podium. I mean. Can't believe it. Said it so many times, but just a few weeks ago, we were here wondering: could Aston Martin turn it around? Would they? Could they even get fourth in the constructors' title? Probably not. And Alonso's got a podium. I just think if he'd have had a, where, where could he? I know it's only the Red Bulls ahead of him, but I think he he was on for comfortably third if he'd just had a, a normal race and maybe higher up in qualifying. So they're looking very very good. The hype is real. It certainly is. And, you know, if you go back to last year, we had one midfield podium. That was Lando Norris. And we've already yeah. had a technical midfield podium uh, from Fernando Alonso in the first round of the season. So I think it really is, you know, disturbing. I would, yeah, you can't even call it the top four anymore. Like McLaren and Alpine are absolutely not a top four team at the moment. And yeah. Aston Martin have gone flying through the doors <laughs> and said, you know what, let's be the second fastest team. Can you remember grid. where Aston Martin qualified last year? They were <laughs> for the Q1, Grand Prix. They, both of them. Yeah, seventeenth and nineteenth. That's a big old improvement. There's still twenty percent of me that says Lance Stroll, uh, Lawrence Stroll, sorry, has spent three billion. Uh, that was your theory. To, yeah. Let's yeah. wait and see what the cost cap says at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, let's wait and see. Right. A question from Tommy underscore Brewer. Do you think Alonso will win a race this season? I think it can happen if the Red Bull has an off day. Absolutely. 100%. You know, this is this is Formula One. They're not going to be bulletproof reliable the entire year, unless your Mercedes, I guess, last year were, were, were very close to that. Um, but Alonso has a good enough car that if you have a, an off day for Red Bull, if you have changeable conditions, 
anything that opens the door, even slightly, I think Fernando Alonso will be that driver that that goes straight through it. So if the pace differential stays the same and, and Aston Martin very much are the second fastest car, then they, they can have a chance, I would say. I don't think it's necessarily, oh, in the next few races, because Red Bull look clear at the moment. So let's see if it changes. Bahrain is a quite a unique track, I suppose, and where it's it's hosted and whatnot. But Red Bull genuinely do seem to have a quite a big buffer. So you'd need both Perez and Verstappen to have a stinker, which makes it less less likely. Yeah, we've never seen a perfect season in Formula One. This could age incredibly badly. And, uh, you, you know, we we banter that it could be a, a 23-0 Verstappen season. But realistically, there will be those races and where uh, something goes wrong for, for a Red Bull. Maybe even both sometimes happened every year. Like I say, no, no team, even when Mercedes were dominating, they never had a perfect season. And like I say, for not, Fernando Alonso, particularly in that in that Aston Martin, seems like the the second best car right now, uh, because he flew through through past the the Mercedes and the Ferraris, and uh, oh my god, if that happens, I I just can't believe we're here thinking that we could genuinely win a race this year. It is incredible, and I'm here for it. You're buzzing. I uh, am. Of course, a lot buzzing. of people know you as a Max Verstappen fan. You've got your mm. cape on the wall. You've got the onesie from last year signed by the man himself. But you will take a Fernando Alonso victory. It was my first love, yeah. He every was. single day of the week. Uh, you even said on the on the live stream, Matt P1 Tommy, uh, that uh, you would happily have both Red Bull's DNF <laughs> from P1 and 2 for Fernando <laughs> to take the win. Yeah, sorry everyone. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it would have been an incredible story for, for Alonso to win. And... It will be an incredible story if he does win because it has been 3,500 and something days, not that I'm counting. And um, yeah, uh, please, please happen, please. Okay, so Tommy's going to be unbearable this year <laughs> trying to get an Alonso uh, victory. I'm going to be unbearable because Ferrari are not where I want them to be. Next question, Ferjo Zaragon. Should Mercedes be concerned that a customer team is stronger with a design base based on a rival and clear front runner. Now, this is, of course, referring to the fact Mercedes have their own unique concept. They're still, at the moment, running with it, but it seems as though that's going to get binned off very soon. They have got an alternative design ready-ish, but, of course, with the cost cap, they go another direction. They have to commit to it. They can't be, you know, tossing it in and out and, or maybe this, maybe that. They they can't afford to do that. Um, But yes, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that Mercedes should be incredibly concerned that Aston Martin have their engine in the back of their car and they they pulled the moves on them today. Yeah. And it looks as though Mercedes, because realistically, the regulations haven't changed a huge amount. So teams have taken a step forward with this other concept. Mercedes haven't really. And the thinking is obviously that they they believe this unique philosophy has got the potential within it, but they haven't been able to unlock it. And they can't go another whole season trying to find out what's wrong with the car because no other team have gone with their concept. And that's not how Formula One works. There is usually one way and that's it. You've got to design around that. Yeah, that's the problem. They don't 
seem to uh, they don't believe it anymore because they're already talking about binning it off already, which is absolutely insane. I mean, 50 seconds behind the winner Hamilton was. And you've got to say that uh, a fully fit Lance Stroll, who's only four seconds off Hamilton and beat Russell, is probably uh, beating them. So you're going to have both Aston Martins ahead of the Mercedes. They generally just look quicker. And it is insane for them that, very embarrassing, actually, when you think about it, that yeah, one, they've got a Mercedes in the back, and two, they're, they're essentially copying Mercedes' biggest rivals in Red Bull, which looks even more embarrassing for Mercedes' design team because it's basically Aston Martin going, yeah, we'll have your engine, but we don't want to copy your car. We want to copy the Red Bull because that's the best car. And clearly this this design that the Mercedes have gone with is not working. And it's already you're just like, well, they're 50 seconds off the lead and they're going to change their philosophy during the season. Um, it's not game over, but it's very, very concerning for them in one race, which is mad, mad to think. Yeah, and it's it's a obviously Aston Martin's one problem, but the gap to Red Bull is another. They're not looking to just beat Aston Martin. They're looking to fight for wins, fight for championships like they were right at the end of last year. But they've they've gone backwards. Other teams have moved forwards. And I wouldn't be surprised as soon as they possibly can change this concept, they will, uh, because it, that's the way that they have to go, in my opinion. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's probably a little bit of being stubborn if they just continue on this philosophy like, no, we know best, when all the other nine teams have gone, mm, I don't think so on this one. Sorry, Chief. Yeah, and they were they were bigging themselves up, weren't they, uh, on Twitter, going putting these memes out like, the W the W fourteen the rest of the grid aren't ready for this, and then first race of the season fifty they seconds were ready. off. Yeah, they yeah. were ready for this, weren't they? They uh, were quite, ready quite easily. Ouch! Actually, um, speaking of ouch, let's move to my most memorable moment. We'll have a bit of alliteration here at P one, and mine, of course, it is in my brain, scarred. I can see it right now. Charles Leclerc DNFing, more pain. Why? What has Charles Leclerc done to the Formula One gods for him to have this in the first race of the season? Now, of course, we might be saying, hey, don't worry. The curse is to win the first round of the season because no one wins the championship winning the first race. It's not happened since 2016, is it, or something? So it's been been a while. So realistically, this might be a win for Ferrari. No points on the board. It's exactly what Verstappen managed last year. And just look how they ended up. Now I'm obviously joking. <laughs> the, real, the realistic outlook here is diabolical. The Ferrari race pace was not great. Charles Leclerc was, was stronger than Sainz uh, in the race. He was about 10 seconds clear of him and looking quite comfortable. But they weren't far ahead of, of the Mercedes and the Aston Martins, at least in the hands of Carlos Sainz. And they couldn't push. Science even said over the radio, I, if I push any more, uh, I, I won't be able to go to the end of the race trying to defend from Alonso. So it just seems like the tyre deg problems again with Ferrari is just a recurring theme and one with which if they haven't figured it out over the winter, they're not going to figure it out anytime soon. And it just seems to be something that really holds them back in the races. They weren't far off in qualifying, not too bad. But then 
you're finishing over half a minute behind the Red Bulls in the race. It's just not good enough. Yeah, it really is not good enough. Or not finishing at all. Well, not yeah, exactly. I I can't believe it. It is. It was shocking. I mean, you just couldn't write it. Charles Leclerc having more mechanical issues. It just felt, and I'm sure it was exactly the same for you, Matt. Like it felt like we were there back in last year. It felt exactly the same. You know that 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 pain of Leclerc having having a problem, and it wasn't even the only problem. He had a battery so something to the battery was it replaced that you yeah, can energy just store was replaced and there's yeah. only two of them you can get for the whole season Ugh, so one of them's already gone uh obviously you had pieces well, they, flying said they off. weren't happy with it so maybe okay. they just took it off and then they'll because obviously they but can why, try Fer- why is it, it always out, ferrari but... you know the first the first lap in q1 is car was falling apart then you had the whole oh why didn't he do his run later in the session oh goodness me it's uh it's almost like Benotto wasn't the problem, but it's only one race. We shall see if they can improve throughout the year and see what see what Vasseur can do. Because maybe we get the opposite to last year, where Ferrari are the ones improving, but they just don't seem like that sort of team. And I would love them to prove me wrong because we want an exciting season. But when Ferrari are on the back foot, you don't feel like Ferrari are going to be the team. That are going to push. That's that's Red Bull's game, right? That when they're they're behind, so kind of goes into the the next question actually about how they're looking. Oh, segway, segway, <laughs> Bellingham over here. Your birthday as well. Happy birthday, Tommy. I know Thank I've said you. it already, but for those listening, they may not have heard. Uh, but if you're if you've been on the Twitch, you'll absolutely know. We the sung, dedication. Sung happy birthday, to all sorts, didn't we? P one for my birthday. I've been yeah since about two o'clock. It's now half past seven. Still Working talking about Formula One. so hard. It's a good job. Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso are on the podium, so I'm oh. absolutely fine with it. Or off. <laughs> I don't know if there's actually a, birth, uh, a race on my birthday. I'll have to check. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Question from Rohit Andley. Are Ferrari going to the midfield and finishing fourth? Since they haven't solved the reliability issue from last year, eventually Merck will outdevelop them, outdevelop them like last year. Your thoughts? Interestingly worded question. I had to try and uh, make that flow as easy <laughs> as possible. Uh, but I kind of get what you're saying. Um, well, this kind of goes into what you were saying, Tommy. We don't ever really fully trust in the process of Ferrari and development it doesn't seem as though they're the team that can realistically go on the attack, even though on paper, Red Bull shouldn't be able to develop 
as much with their wind tunnel restrictions and obviously winning the, the championship as well means they get less time. I think Aston Martin absolutely could outdevelop Ferrari uh, just purely because they have a lot more time to, to play with. That, you know, the, the lower you finish in the constructors, the more time you get. So last year, Aston Martin, where did they finish? Oh, way down. What, sixth, seventh? Was that the master like that? plan? So maybe they knew exactly what's going on <laughs> and now they're going for the championship this year. <laughs> Sorry, I, Vettel. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Aston really do become a second, third fastest team throughout most of the season. They've got the resource. They've got the, the factory all built and brand new and spanking and all that good stuff. Uh, and they've got Fernando Alonso at the wheel. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. You've got yeah one of the best drivers getting everything out of the car. And last year, Ferrari were that team that had the quickest car um, for the start of the season. It may not have been the best on race pace and stuff, but I'd say it's hard to argue that they didn't have the quickest car straight out the, the blocks for the, for the season. And uh, yeah, night nightmare stuff for Ferrari to to be that far down already. Yeah, Aston Martin finished seventh in the constructors title, so they've got plenty of wind tunnel time to play with uh, with those new rules. Uh and yeah, if if they're in the mix as well, you feel like Aston Martin could could outdevelop them. And we saw what happened with Mercedes last year when Ferrari just threw away points uh, and they got beaten by Mercedes even though the Mercedes wasn't very good. So yeah, fourth I wouldn't put it out the question for Ferrari, which is not not good at all. Nope, it's not good. Uh, very painful indeed, because I do think Mercedes will outdevelop them, especially if they commit to the other concept and it works quite well. I can easily see Mercedes slotting into that gap in the uh, between first and second that we saw, uh, first and second team, sorry, uh, that we saw uh, today. So, yeah, we will... It will have to wait and see, but I don't see any bright future for Ferrari. But look, maybe that is the anti-jinx that's required. Who knows? Next question. Paisley, 008, F1. When you strip it all back, broken wrist and toe, surgery 12 days ago, missed testing, couldn't turn the car properly, took his hands off the wheel on the straights, to come back and split the Mercs and finish P6, is Lance Stroll's result the best of the weekend? Now, I was quite critical of Lance Stroll at the beginning of the race on Twitter. I said that he's clearly not ready. And I still fully believe that when he was in wheel-to-wheel combat, he struggled and he had to take his hand off the wheel and all kinds of stuff that sort of made it a little bit sketchy. On the flip side, he had an incredible race if we actually break it down as to the amount of time he's had in the car, the injury that he was carrying, it was a brilliant result, and it just shows how good that Aston Martin is uh, with Lance Stroll up in P6 as well. But that's not to take anything away from his performance. It was a really decent job. And again, showing why he's, he's not as good in qualifying, but really good in the race. That's why he always used to pop up in P9, P10 last year, just out of nowhere. Now he's a bit further forward. We get to see his races with a bit more focus. We can actually see how they sort of develop and unfold. So I would say. Yeah, I would say Lance Stroll's result is probably up there with best of the weekend. I haven't decided if it's the best, but it's certainly up there with Alonso's podium. Yeah, I mean, if you just said at the start of the weekend, we didn't even know he was going to be in the car still. It was very late, actually. When did they announce it? Was it Wednesday or Thursday, something like that? Um, we didn't know. It was very, they were very secretive about it. So 
he'd have absolutely taken P6 and could have finished higher because he, like we said earlier, he wasn't that far off off Hamilton. And him fully fit, uh, you've got to think, yeah, he'd probably have been P4 as well. So it was a great, great performance in the end. I was very concerned after the first uh, lap that, why yeah like you why is he racing he's there's no way he's finishing this race if he's almost uh unable to <laughs> maneuver the f- the first few turns without uh going into the side of his teammate which i know alonso cut on the inside but it was just needed a bit more awareness and take it a bit more chill but i think the problem was he couldn't when he had a bit of a snapback he couldn't you know fight fight the wheel uh because of his injuries so yeah, it's, it was a great performance from Stroll. And I guess at the end of the day, the risk, you could argue, paid off because he's they bagged great constructors' points. And uh, yeah, P3 and P6 with their drivers that are going to be there for the season in the car. Uh, it's looking very, very good indeed for Aston Martin. And yeah, fair play to Lance Stroll. And what I will say as well is that it was quite amusing um because part of it was genuine i think but part of it was also he knows who pays the bills but fernando alonso was absolutely gassing him up wasn't he for the whole uh, <laughs> for the whole race because at the start he was like i can't believe who who is that that hit me and then at the end of the race he's like stroll genius what a what a drive <laughs> the fact he's in the car this that and the other yeah, he yeah. was you can tell that uh fernando alonso is paid by his father uh, you can absolutely see that. I wouldn't even be surprised if in his contract, in the terms, it says absolutely. three compliments a weekend <laughs> for Lance Stroll. That was literally what I was about to say. I was like, he ticks off a bonus. He's like, Lawrence, uh, did you hear that interview? That's another 20K, thank you. Probably yeah, more than literally. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably a lot more than that. Um, and also as well, it, it clearly was the right decision in the end because I don't feel like Drogovic would have got P6. I, I yeah, feel like he might very... well have even struggled to get into the points. Yeah, that's a fair fair comment. Um, yeah, may, maybe lower end of the points for for Drogovic, but it's impossible to know because we'll we'll never we'll never know. Yeah, but, we were only judging this off testing where he was a little bit further off, but of course it's just testing, so we can't really take much about the times. That was just an estimation from me. I don't think he would have done better than Lance Stroll. No, uh, did in P six. So. Next question: generic nickname. Do you think the abysmal performance by McLaren was a one off? Or was it a sign for things to come this season? McLaren uh, fans, McLaren fans, let's try that again. Close your ears. It, I'm not sure it's going to be a great season for McLaren. I feel as though, I mean, look, we, like this time last year, exactly the same situation, but they had problems with both of their cars. Lots of pitting. Obviously, Piastri was out of the race. Norris as much as he tried, couldn't obviously keep the car anywhere near the points just purely because he was in the pits every other every other lap doing something or other. I, I still feel as though Lando Norris will make the most of the car. He'll be finishing in the lower end of the points when he's really roughing the car around and making the most of, of his talents and, and what he's able to do. Um, but it's it's just another really poor start for McLaren for a team that has so much heritage, so much history, so much so much winning, and to come out like this again, you're wondering like what like what are they doing? They've got the factory, they've got everything, all the showy off stuff. They've got it all. 
They've got an incredible talent in Lando Norris. And genuinely, if they don't pick it up pretty soon, I would not be surprised if Lando, his manager, whoever else is around him, go and genuinely actively look for a new race seat. And that's obviously talking about buying him out the contract as well. But right now, Lando's talents are being wasted. Yeah, big time. It was, I didn't think that it could get any worse than than last year for McLaren in terms of how they performed. But yeah, it was absolutely abysmal. Like really, really poor. Lando pitted six times uh, and Piastri obviously pitted once to retire uh, when he came in and had the, the startup of the wheel. Just, I found that quite funny as well, the startup of the wheel, and then he had like a loading screen. It gave yeah, you like turning like on a your PC saver. kind of vibes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was funny, unless you're a McLaren fan. Um, but yeah, absolutely shocking. And and agreed that Lando's there because if you, I remember there was a bit in the race where he was on the back of Hamilton and was it Science's battle? Yeah, because Hamilton couldn't get past Science, And uh, uh, Lando was behind them and he was looking all right. Like he was hanging on to the back of them and it's like, this is where he should be, but he was a lap down. That That is where, you know, he's got the talent to be racing those guys and uh, it's just being completely wasted. And uh, they better hope that it's a repeat of last year and the fact that it was just Bahrain and absolute stinker because then obviously Norris ended up getting a podium in by Imola. Um, and kind of started performing a lot better, but oh, it doesn't look good for him at all. And all the all the people that are like Tommy, why do you hate McLaren? It's not that I hate them; I just don't have any faith in them, and this is why. <laughs> you're frustrated, aren't you, Tommy? Because you're old enough to have seen McLaren winning all the time and having yeah. that amazing part of their of their sort of career as a team. But uh, this is not where where they belong. And, no, um, and I want to see Lando at the front. He's exactly. We want to see Lando at the front. We want to see all the McLaren fans. There are a lot of you. Uh, we want to see you happy as well. I did put a tweet out saying how you were after qualifying. I then, of course, had to ask you after the race as well, just to check in uh, with you McLaren fans, because it's been a tough start. But it's, it's difficult to say if this is going to be a trend for the season, because as we mentioned last year, McLaren picked it up. Lando was on the podium by Imola. Whether that'll be the same thing again, I'm, I'm going to doubt but you can just have a bit more hope. Let's let's wait for a few more races to see where they actually uh, check in. Maybe Bahrain is just a bogey trap a track for them. Okay, next question. Late Apex YT. Given Red Bull Racing tend to find one second in mid-season upgrades, how many races is Max winning this year? Why do we? Why did we? Why did we have to do this one? Uh... <laughs> I feel like it was quite clear that Red Bull are doing really, 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 really well. Uh, I mean, look, if we are not going to put reliability, let's put reliability issues aside. Max Verstappen could easily win every single race this year. I don't think it's going to happen because that would take a gargantuan effort from not only him, but the reliability from the weather remaining consistent and all everything else you can think of. But I think realistically he can win 20 and genuinely 100% believe that with the performance of the Red Bull and he won 16 last year. 20 is not out the question if Ferrari are out the picture. Yeah, that's that's mad, but it's crazy to think. But even even last year, you got to think that, that there were a few races where 
you know, had had some problems. Silverstone, he was in the lead and uh, picked up a puncture, probably would have won that. Same with uh, Brazil, he was coming back through the field. Singapore, he had those issues in qualifying. So you could, this is what I mean, there will be those moments again during the season, which is why, joking aside of all, oh, it's going to 23 and another title, that won't happen, um, we say. Um, but there, there will always be some like random things that that occur, but it is scary because Verstappen is one of those drivers that just driving the best he ever has. And when the car is good, he's got a teammate, no disrespect to Sergio Perez because he's doing the job he was there to do and picking up a brilliant P2 like like he did, but it's not on his level. So he's going to be there just winning. He's got an even better car than last year at the start. So goodness knows how many he could win. Give me a number, Tommy. I mean, I agree with you. If he if he had no uh, if he had no DNFs or anything, he could genuinely win every single race. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but there will be problems. So I reckon he will win fifteen. I, I, there is part of me that thinks that no. I, there is part of me that thinks that maybe the other team catches up, but I can't see it. This is this is the thing. It all comes down to the development and their wind tunnel and all that all that catering stuff. But we're yet to see the impact of their the reduced impact. development. Yeah, yeah. This um, is last year's car time and, so and how good it's been. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we will wait and see. Uh, hopefully, that hasn't made you want to turn off for the rest of the season with yeah. the fact that Please I said twenty. Please still subscribe. Though. Until you said fifteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, subscribe to us because uh, well, you know that uh, we'll be giving honest opinions uh, on everything. Uh, next question at Ineke underscore D does the pace that Williams have shown surprise you I figured there'd be like the ninth maybe last team on the grid or is it track specific well Williams said right from the get-go really that they felt like they were going to be fighting more this year and they've absolutely shown that at Bahrain not only with Alex Albon's car Tom Bellingham but also Logie Sarge, Logie Bear. You know what I mean? Like, he had an excellent weekend, didn't score any points, but he was very close to. I think it was eight or so seconds behind Albon, which Madness. is exactly what Williams would, would want from a debutant, his first ever Grand Prix. Certainly not the next Nicholas Latifi, uh, I'll have you know. <laughs> There's a few critics out there that have said it, but no longer. About? No longer. Whoever they are, they have been yeah, silenced. Washed. Um, but but no, it, it doesn't surprise me because Williams have been hyping themselves up a little bit. Um, let's not forget as well, James Vowles, part, you know, the team principal at Williams. And of course, it's not, it's not his effect because you can't really just take over and make such a massive change. But I think that will help moving forward as well. Um, but yeah, Alex Albon scored a point, didn't he? Uh, in, in P10. So He sure did. Great yeah. work. Yeah, here comes the apology video. I'm sorry, Loki Sarge. I'm sorry. Um, straight down the camera. Straight as down well. the camera wow. for you. Uh, yeah, it was incredible from Williams, and I am surprised. And I'm, I, I said it. I, I will happily be proven wrong, and I've happily been proven wrong because they are in the mix in that midfield. They don't look far and away the worst car like they have done for years and years and years, and that is great for Formula One because. We, we can see them in that mix and Albon getting a point 
and yeah, Logan Sargent in P12. I would not have not have called that. I mean, we'll go into the predictions later, but you said biggest surprise, and we're like, oh, 14th. And I was like, well, that would be incredible. And he was higher than that. So yeah, fair play to him. I'm sorry, Logie. There you go. Happy the apology has been delivered. Well done, Tommy. <laughs> um, but hopefully it's not just track specific. Uh, Williams very much not. were track specific last year um, in terms of their their car and it working just randomly in, in certain tracks on the calendar. But let's fingers crossed for Williams fans that, uh, that they are more consistent with that. I actually saw Tomo tweet who put the W back in Williams. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we, do, we do like that. It was, uh, it was a good tweet. Well P7 done, in the constructors right now. I'd take that. There you go. Championship over. Just stop it there. That's some cash money right there. Next <laughs> question. Oxent underscore United. What's the record for time penalties incurred in a single race? Asking for a bestie. I don't know. I don't know what the record is. Uh, I think it's probably set by someone like Maldonado, if I'm it being is. completely honest with you. It actually is. Yeah. Um, it is. Oh, there you Ma- go. Well, most penalties in a race was Maldonado in the 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix. And how many does he have? It's a three. So what, so so what did Ocon get? Three. three. Yeah, there he goes. Matched a record of Maldonado's. What a, what a performance. I don't know why it went so bad. He qualified I, ninth. I do. Oh, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> why. We'll get on to our predictions very shortly. It just yeah. it just couldn't go. It was, it was basically a meme-worthy race. The fact that one thing would happen, and then he'd get another penalty, and then he'd get a penalty again. So, so he got the first penalty for his incorrect grid box. Yeah. The second one for not serving the penalty correctly. And then the third one was for speeding in the pit lane. Yeah. Uh, coming in for his penalty. Shocker. That's basically pretty much not far off what Maldonado got in that race as well. So, yeah, Esti Besti channeling Maldonado, bringing him back. But, yeah, what, I haven't what a seen, shocker. I haven't seen either how many penalty points he's got for these incidents. Um, yeah, thank we'll goodness it wasn't Gasly. One. It was Gasly. He'd be putting his feet up uh, for the next round uh, of the season. But yeah, an absolute stinker for Esteban Ocon. You'd have to say the biggest flop, potentially. Uh, but that can be up for up for debate. Uh, as we now move to our next segment, which is basically very simple. Biggest winner and biggest loser. That can be a driver or a team. Um, so biggest winner has to be Red Bull as a team for me. Uh, very obviously why they are miles clear of anyone else. They were chilling out in first and second. It was very clear to see, uh, see that. And as much as we liked to get excited by practice and, oh, could there be a team that's going to get in the mix? Realistically, not. Red Bull have come out the blocks far too quickly. Like, just let some of us have a bit more fun. Like you can win the championship, but at least give my heart something to to root for, you know, with a bit of Ferrari or a bit of Aston Martin. But no, they're so far clear, uh, and they have to be biggest winners for me. Okay, just just to be different, then I will go for Aston Martin because sure. yeah, I mean, incredible from Aston. Nothing more to be said about Red Bull. They were amazing, but I guess in terms of the surprise factor, they'd have absolutely. You know, it's incredible that they finished third and sixth, not just because that is so far away from what they were last year, but everything that happened with Stroll as well. The fact that he finished P6. And I was talking about what a risk it was to to have him in the car because they could end up 
Uh, and it was almost a massive risk when he uh, nearly yeeted. I mean, I imagine they could have quite easily ended up biggest loser because they'd have wiped each other. Well, Stroll would have wiped out Alonso at turn one and ended up with no no points at all. So, yeah, Aston Martin, biggest winner for me, just to be different. But it is hard to argue against Red Bull because they were mighty. They were incredible. They really were. Now to biggest loser, driver or team, McLaren. Sorry, yeah. I don't really need to go into any more detail as to why it was an absolute stinker of a weekend and they will want to forget it immediately. Yeah. I, I, is there anyone else? Um, maybe Ocon, just for how ridiculous his race was as a driver. So team, team I'd say, um, yeah, the fact that, that it was definitely McLaren for, for team, but driver, Ocon, and, well, I guess, sorry, but Charles in terms of pain because he was he was on for a podium and that's 15 points down the drain sorry thank you sorry to bring it up again okay now let's move on to the predictions that we made uh, back on thursday which you would have seen on youtube if not check it out for the next grand prix as well let's find out how right or wrong we were our first one was biggest good surprise i went for sergeant Fair play. I think that's, that's a, a point. I think that's a, a very big point. That's a solid point. That's the most whole one point I've ever seen. I went for Haas, which is definitely not a point because, <laughs> yeah, they that was probably the first season ever where they didn't come out of the blocks firing and do well. So Haas had a shocker. I didn't they really... They really did. Yeah. Your yeah. Uh, my, my predictions kind of came true yours not necessarily as much so maybe no. you need to use that power more responsibly uh, next time but then again to be fair even your powers couldn't stop Verstappen getting pole um <laughs> biggest flop I said Ocon that is mad which is the craziest thing like why there was no reason for me to think that Esteban Ocon would have a bad weekend but that is the probably the worst weekend of his entire career yeah Literally, he he became Pastor Maldonado after you said that, <laughs> that which is crazy. Um, strangest, strangest yeah. outcome, but I will take the point. Sorry, Esty Bestie. Two from two. Let's go. Yeah, I went for Piastri, which I'm getting a point for that. Uh, shocking, shocking weekend. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. You get the point. Well done. Two, one. Pole position, we both went for Verstappen. So that's a nice little point for both of us. Again, as much as... I would have taken not taken the point. I would have taken the Leclerc pole position there, and then him running off into the distance. But that didn't happen. So we'll take we'll take a point each there. We then have my top three. So I went for Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc. Are we giving t- points for each position? Uh, I think made, just as long or, as you get it, whatever you get right. Or do you need to so get the top I three think, right for a point? Oh, maybe we maybe let's we do, say let's for do a now. point per position. Let's do a point per position. I wonder why. <laughs> Let's see so I went from Stappen, Perez, Leclerc, so I got two out of three. Uh, Tommy, what was yours? Perez, Leclerc, Science, so I got none. Oh, yeah, no, let's definitely do that. <laughs> and <laughs> finally, one crazy prediction. I said that Alonso would DNF uh, from P5, which was very specific. And there was a point in oh, the race, was there me. not, Tommy, where we'd seen that the biggest good surprise was happening, the biggest flop, pole position. I think the top three were well, Verstappen, were Perez, Leclerc. Yep. And the only thing to come true or yet to come true was Alonso DNFing. And you were like, oh my God, 
what is going to happen? Is this going to happen? And then he was sat in P5, and I was going, oh my God, his engine's going to go, isn't it? Yeah, it was even... Thankfully, it, it didn't. It was even more insane than that, because, yeah, you had the top three in. Ocon was definitely the biggest flop. Sargent was the uh, biggest good surprise. And you even quoted on the Thursday video saying, oh, he'd be up in P14. And then we noticed he was in P14. And then at that moment... We noticed that Alonso was P5, and you're like, Alonso's going to DNF from P5. I genuinely thought that you were, there was some kind of weird witchcraft going on here, and you were just going to... I mean, we'd have to end imagine? the predictions there if yeah. you got every single one right. That would be insane. To be fair, knowing yeah. your predictions, I could have probably not done predictions for the rest of the season, and I'd still have more points than you at the end of Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Although I did get this one right, which yeah, was uh, my one crazy prediction was Albon outqualifies a McLaren, and we almost had both Williams uh, outqualifying both McLarens if Logie Sarge had gone 0.001 seconds quicker in qualifying. Right. So do better next time, Logie. Joking. I'm really sorry. So in total, uh, I had one, two, three, four, five, five points. And Tommy, you had none, one, two, three, three. So five plays three. Well done. We will we will basically keep an eye on this throughout the entire season and we'll see who is the prediction champion come Abu Dhabi. So there you go. That is it. Sorry if the energy, by the way, chat has been... Uh, chat, I just, I'm so used to being talking on Twitch. I guess you are kind of chat if you are from Twitch. But if you are just listening on the podcast or watching, the shoeys have absolutely destroyed me. So we did a shoey. If you haven't listened or watched on, on Twitch, we did a shoey every single 1K Twitch subs. We are now on 13,000 Twitch subs. And for some stupid reason, I was ill a few weeks ago and I thought it was food poisoning. I then did a shoey the other day and then realized after I had done my shoe uh, my shoey for 13K that there was mold on the top of my shoe. And... My God, am I feeling it right about now. So if I disappear for the next few days, I'm sorry. It is P1 with Tommy. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And I will try and make it to the F1 to 10 driver ratings, which is happening tomorrow. Uh, so look forward to that on all good audio platforms. Uh, we go in the video for that on the Tuesday, aren't we, uh, on YouTube? Yeah, so yeah. if you want to see our faces, please do that as well. But uh, that is it. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, looking forward to doing that uh, driver ratings as well because I can already hear people going, oh, you didn't speak about blah, blah, blah. Or say someone like Gasly, for example, who went from 20th to 9th, but we will cover every single driver tomorrow or based on where where you are. Um, but yeah, I will just, my final thoughts are just, it's been, despite the perhaps dull race, I've had a lovely day for my birthday, enjoying Formula One with all of you guys. and having my two favourite drivers sharing the podium. It's been good times. Well, I'm glad one of us enjoyed the uh, Grand Prix <laughs> weekend. Uh, no, but on a real, it's great to have Formula 1 back. Hopefully we'll get a bit more closer racing at the front, but uh, fingers crossed we'll have to wait a couple more weeks to see if that will happen. So thank you very much. If you've been watching on YouTube, we've given you the full podcast, which you've been asking for. <laughs> so there you go. The full race podcast will always be on YouTube. So enjoy that. We'll see you very soon for another video. Bye. Bye. Or podcast. Or, or podcast. Twitch stream. Or Jeronki. Goodbye. Or shoeies. Not shoeies. No more shoeies ever again. Sorry. Yeah.
is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.